Hey everyone, the Make It Happen Monday podcast is back in business. I'm sorry we've been gone for a little while, but I needed to take a little bit of a break to reset and recharge as we retooled the podcast and now we're ready to take things to a whole new level. Now, I started this podcast a while ago with the goal of learning from people who are way smarter than me while sharing my journey along the way and trying to help others achieve whatever their definition of success means to them. And with your support and our incredible guests, we're now one of the top sales podcasts in the industry with over a million downloads, and I can't thank you enough. Moving forward, my goal is to continue to bring you interesting conversations that will get you to think and execute more effectively with guests who I truly respect and believe make a positive impact on the world around us. To kick off the new and improved Make It Happen podcast, I couldn't think of a better person to have on than my good friend, Doug Landis. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard Doug before and you know the knowledge and insights he brings to the table. He's been a leader in sales and sales enablement at companies like Oracle, Google, Salesforce, and now works as a growth partner at Emergence Capital, who's a VC firm that invests in AI-based tech companies. In this episode, Doug and I tackle the importance of core values and how the past few years has forced companies and individuals to re-examine their own values and start living them with purpose to achieve real success. We then get into the so-called Great Recession and what companies and leaders need to be focused on to attract and retain talent. We even dive into the metaverse and NFTs and the impact they're having on business these days. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I do. Let's get going. What's happening, Make It Happen family? Big shout out to our partners today, Gong, Proposify, Vidyard, and Chili Piper. Gong's data is more than valuable. It's cornerstone in any organization looking to collect the data that's gonna tell them where they can improve and where they need to spend their time making changes. Proposify is one of my favorite teams of all time. What they do is they make the proposal and contract processes easy for the sender and the recipient. And who can't benefit from that being a great experience, right? Vidyard makes it easy for people to use videos anywhere. No matter whether you're sending videos in email or on social media, posting them somewhere, or sending them in a DM, Vidyard has got you covered. Our friends at Chili Piper are so much fun to be around. They make it easy for people to get on your calendar. And every sales rep has got to have this function locked in. It's one of the most important things we can do as a seller. How can I get you on my calendar easily? Chili Piper can make that happen for you. Be sure that you're checking out all these great tools. And now let's pass it over to John to find out who's joining him today. See you soon, everybody. All right, let's welcome back to the podcast for, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth time here, my good friend, Doug Landis. How you doing, brother? Um, great. Great, 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 man. It's good, to, good to be back. What is this? Is this like the fourth time? I, I think, think it's like, least, I think it's like the better? fourth time. Yeah. yeah. I hope yeah, I hope everybody listening yeah. is not getting too sick of us because you and I can no, rip, well, man. We can, we can kind of go off on tangents because I mean, look, we're seasoned, you know, salty seasoned, yep. you know, gray hair. I have gray hair. You don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. That's why I shaved it off. Right. I got to keep the beard tight too, because uh, when the beard goes a little too long, you start to see the gray. So gray, right? That's <laughs> crazy, but it's it's funny. So I was thinking, I'm like, man, you know, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, how how much we, you and I, have been riffing about. I don't know, just a yeah. million topics there are about, you know, sales, go to market, startups, leadership, the world we live in, and life in general, yeah. and. Um, I can never get enough of it, but I hope your audience uh, is is in the same boat. 
I, you know what, man, um, the, the reason I started this podcast was to, to educate myself and, and learn from people who I respect and, and I'm, I'm trying to be the proxy to the audience. Right. And so to me, every time I have a conversation with you, I learn something new. So hopefully I, I, I trust the audience has got the same thing. And, <laughs> and, and also, you know, um, to start things off, you know, I, with all the shit that's going on right now, I mean, you, you and I go back about 10 years now at this point and, um, uh, you know, I decided that moving into the new year, I really only want to be around and talk to people who, you know, who are positive energy. You know what I mean? And yep. are like, I, I got this whole concept instead of time management, energy management, right? Like what gives you energy and what takes energy away from you. Totally. And I've committed <clears throat> this year to, I mean, obviously there's going to be things that I have to react to that take energy away from me, but proactively who I choose to spend my time with is going to be just people who I genuinely enjoy having conversations with and give me energy. And the same thing with customers too. Like, I don't know about you, but I just don't have any tolerance or patience for negative energy anymore because there's just too much of it out there. Well, there's, I mean, the world is full of it right now, right? And so yeah. uh, interestingly enough, I think, I think before we had to think about ways in which, you know, we had to go, we had to go find the experiences that were giving us energy, um, you know, and, and largely you had, I feel like you had more freedom and more choice now it's like you have to be so much more mindful and particular about the things that are giving you positive energy because there's so much negative energy in the world right now. I mean, you you had said something, you know, you did a post a little while back about the lollipop moment, about people who, you know, have have made a positive impact. Could you explain kind of what, because I, I had never actually known about the lollipop moment. So could you explain kind of what that is? Yeah, it's a it was a really beautiful story that a, a friend of mine shared with me. It was a TED Talk. Um, and it was about leadership. And the, the conceptually the idea is, is leadership basically exists anywhere and everywhere. And the lollipop moment actually, is, as the story goes, and I might do a, I might bastardize this here just a little bit, but a, a guy was, a young girl was going off to college and she was scared to death about going off to college. And she went there with her mom and uh, she was standing in line to register and, and everything in her body was saying, leave, leave, leave. This just doesn't feel right. Um, and a, and a, and a real, <laughs> When you see this guy speak, he's kind of a big dork. And um, he was there uh, trying to promote a, a nonprofit organization that he was working with. And he walked up and he was walking up to everybody, giving everyone lollipops. And he walked up to her and he handed her a lollipop. And he made a comment to her, to the person in front of her about, you know, hey, isn't she, you know, one of the most beautiful people you've ever seen? And that experience, the fact that he took time out of his day to acknowledge someone, to recognize someone, to be present with someone, um, really changed her life. And she chose at that moment to stay in school. And interestingly enough, she also started dating the person in front of her, the guy that she, <laughs> the guy that she, he said isn't she the most beautiful person. They dated, they ended yeah. up getting married, they invited him to the wedding, right? So it's like, it's no you, to be honest, it's like yeah. the ripple effects of the little things that you do. I think, you know, yeah. in this world right now, there's we're, this world is full of so much negativity and so much mm -hmm. hard energy. I think we have an opportunity if you're present and just be mindful about making someone's day just a little bit better, even though you mm -hmm. may be in the midst of your own chaos, yep. um, you can really change someone's life and in, in turn change your own life. And that's that. Yeah. what he was saying is like, that's real leadership. We think about leadership yeah. as this, this concept, which is, you know, oh, it's something that we all strive for, like leadership to be a CEO or a, maybe a CRO or a president, yeah. president of a, country in some cases um but no leadership can happen in your house 
that can happen in your own. And it does happen every single day. You have the opportunity to lead, to show other people what life can be like if you make a different choice. And, and and that's a good transition to to kind of talking about where we're at today, you know, because, you know, another one I remember you posted a while back about the great resignation is bullshit, right? There's right. there's no real difference um, of the numbers now or last, you know, you know, six yeah. months ago, whatever it is that was two years ago, right? Yeah. And the other part of this is that I think this, the, the, everybody talking about this great resignation, it's a very small sliver of society that is going through that, if at all. Because if you think of like a single mom working three jobs, like to, to try to put food on the table, there's no great resignation happening there. They don't have those options. You know, the privileged white kid like me who works in the SaaS world and says, Oh, I don't like this company because they don't fucking give me, you know, eight weeks of vacation. I can go over there. Sure. That's a great resignation. Right, 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 right. Masses out there. It's not. There's, there's, there's aren't those options yeah. out there, and so, so. But I do think that I've noticed a pretty significant shift in what people find important. Right. I think that if there is a, you know, I, I, I think there's, there are a bunch of silver linings here with the COVID situation, but I think one of them is is that I think a lot of people have taken that step back to say what is really important to us, yes. right? What what matters. And for me personally, like getting off of an airplane and being able to put Charlotte to bed every night and have dinner with my wife, you know, all that stuff, like those have become far more important to me than, than you know, that trip to wherever, the miles that I get here, yeah. the, the status that I get. And so what do you, from your standpoint, you know, you work with a lot of leaders out there, uh, you know, of organizations that you invest in and everything else. Have you seen a shift in leadership um, as far as their actions, not their words? Because I think a lot of people say, oh, yeah, we got to change. And no, I'm, I'm, I've changed my approach. But have you seen yeah. actual concrete, actionable change in leadership uh, over the past year or so? I think there's still a ton of room left to change, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. I think we've been talking about it. it you know, look, change takes time. And the Great Resignation yeah. is this topic that's been, you know, we'll, we'll say kind of top of the, you know, it's been kind of top of everyone's mind for the last six months, maybe the last year. Yeah. We'll just call it that. But but let's mm-hmm. let's just think about this. 80% of the world's workers do not work behind a desk. The right. deskless workforce out there is much bigger than all you and I and our little SaaS companies or VC firms. They're all stressed out, yeah. worried about hiring, hiring AEs and SDRs and CSMs. Everybody else out there doesn't work behind a desk because they work in a manufacturing facility or a hospital or a hotel or a restaurant. I mean, you know, so this great resignation is, as you said, is impacting a very small percentage of us. And it's kind of like, you know what? You're in the 1%, most likely, you know, the rest of us that are worrying about hiring. Now, I'm not going to lie. Hiring has become much more difficult. It's become more difficult because people realize, to your point, well, if I can get my job done, if I can work, but not actually have to be in San Francisco or in the city of New York or in the city of Chicago, I can be in Idaho, I can be in Arizona, I can be somewhere where I have better work-life balance, where I feel better because I'm not caught up in the rat race, especially with the expenses, then why not? Right. And I think what's happened was is COVID gave everyone an excuse to ask that question. And leadership didn't have a good enough answer. And, and trust me, we had a number of early stage companies that were like, no, 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 we're only hiring in San Francisco. We're only hiring in New York. We only are hiring right. it where our headquarters is. I guess what happened? Yeah. Six months into it, they're like, 
okay, we have to change our strategy because we can't hit our hiring numbers. Right. And I'll tell you for any, any sales leader, you know, right now, January is the most stressful month because you realize that if you don't get your butts in seats, you don't have enough quota capacity to actually get to your revenue targets. And now you're, Mm -hmm. you're online. Right. So, you know, the great resignation to me was more of a wake up call to say, Hey, listen, the perks that we used to love, you know, the free food and the games and the, you know, the happy hours and all that stuff. It's different now. We, we have, we want, we have different perks that we want, right? We want flexibility. We want, we want more freedom, but we also still want you to care just as much. Yeah. And that's, and that's the challenge, right? I think the, the, the disconnect. So I think you and I are in a, a, I mean, are fortunate in a lot of ways, but in in one of them is, is we've been, we've been in this game for a while. So, you know, you know, I'm 45, right? Like I, I did the, you know, worked in the bullpen with a crew and got to know people and and learned how to develop relationships, right? Learned, I went out to networking events. I mean, literally when I was starting my career, I, I I would join like three networking groups a week where I'd wake up at 630 in the morning, go there, network, then cold call and meet with people all day and then go to five or six networking events a week too, right? (laughs) And be up until eight o'clock, right? So, you know, 10 o'clock at night. So I, I learned that skill of, of networking, of relationship development. I, I am scared right now. I am worried, not scared, worried for the, the kids coming into the workforce in this environment that is the remote environment. And so wh- what do you think we need to do now? Or where do you think this is headed with this whole, and let's, let's go to our world now, like not the 80%, but let's go to our world of these kids coming into the workforce. Well, I mean, it probably does speak to the 80% as well that aren't getting that ability to sit with the team and get the, you know, the secondary conversations, the water cooler stuff and, yep. and, and learn how to cultivate those relationships. Are you, do you see where do you see this going and what, what do you see this, this over the next few years here that causing? Yeah, that's, um, that's the hardest part, to be honest. You know, that's yeah. the one thing that I say that I miss the most about this new, new environment that we're in is, um, you know, like you, I travel all the time. I go to all of our portfolio companies all over the world, honestly. And, yeah. and the one thing that you miss is the dynamic water cooler conversations, right? You and I are having a conversation in the hallway. Somebody walks by they jump into the conversation. Next thing you know, we're covering a really important topic that hadn't really we hadn't really thought about, right? We didn't realize was actually something that we could potentially solve for or elevate or at least at a minimum discuss. And and that yeah. doesn't happen in this new world. And I think we're gonna we're gonna have to find more ways to be more and this is this is a super risky statement because unfortunately in this environment I feel like we're we're on even more because we're online oh, and we've got more yeah. people have more access to us and it's more kind of uh, um, it, the hours feel longer. Uh, however, there needs to be ways in which we can have more create that dynamic environment, right? So one of the things that I know people are doing, leaders in particular, be like, I'm leaving my Zoom room on and open. Come in. Just knock on the door as if I had an office and come in and yeah. bring your conversations to me. Um, and, yeah. and it's interesting because I actually just saw somebody post about this yesterday. Uh, they had their first experience in the metaverse. And we've seen some applications that create, yeah. that create this like yeah. environment where you are a figure in an experience in a room. And as you move around the room, you can hear different conversations. And to be honest, yeah. you know, a year ago when we saw this, we're like, this is pretty cool. It still has a little ways to go. Today, it's 
it's it feels almost like you're there. Dude. And and Dude, that's going to have to happen. Like, it's going to have to happen. Yeah. You know, I, there's going to be a happy hour and there's going to be a room and all of us are going to have these little figureheads in there. And I'm going to walk over here and I'm, have a conversation with you and Kyle. And then I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to have a conversation with, you know, with some some new leaders that I've never met. And I, I'm going to be able to navigate that because we're all in a room together. And for the, to be honest, I'm kind of excited about that because we get back to those like dynamic conversations yeah. that you don't have right now because everything has to be scheduled meeting or call. I will tell you right now. I mean, if there's one thing that I, you know, I, I got the Oculus goggles probably like three years ago, four, actually four or five years ago, I got the one that was hooked in and it had the cord, right? And then I upgraded <laughs> to the the wireless ones because uh, my stupid rabbit ate the cord. But um, but but I when I put those on the first time, I was like, holy yeah. shit! Me too. And I finally saw that connection, and now. NFTs. I I don't know about you, and and you're 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 you have your finger on the pulse of the tech side more than I do. But I've never seen in my life something progress faster than NFT, Metaverse, DeFi, like this totally. whole Web three shit, man. Like a year ago, I was like, ah, and then it was like, whoa, 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 and now it's taking over everything. And and look, I think yeah. you and I are old enough again to to remember that this is kind of like the internet, right? When the internet first yeah. came out in the you know mid nineties, people were like, this is a joke, it's a fad, it's never gonna, and then it exploded, and there was all sorts of weird shit, and then it crashed fucking overnight, and yeah. then it rebuilt to 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 basically run our lives now. And I see that with NFTs and metaverse. And as much as we roll our eyes at metaverse in a lot of ways, being like, Oh, fucking virtual environment, man, it is coming and it's, oh, it's coming, coming strong. hundred percent. hundred percent. This is going to be the new way we do conferences in many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day too. I was like, how do we train people to, to, um, you know, we often talk, talk about networking skills, right? So back in the day yeah. when we used to do these networking events and, and to be honest, living in yeah. San Francisco back in the day, and of course we're dating ourselves now, but I could literally be fed by the number of happy hours and parties that I went to oh, every easily. night, right? Easily. So, you paid but, 10 bucks, you get a smorgasbord <laughs> of shit and a bunch no, of free drinks. And it's like, know, all right. It's amazing. It was so great. However, like today <laughs> with this new environment, you know, one of the things we have to teach people is like, how do you actually approach someone? in the metaverse yeah. or in this digital domain that we're, that we're in that we're, cause we're not used cause you know, we're all not sitting in a room together. It's like, how do you teach them to approach someone? What does networking look and feel like? How do you network in this new environment? Cause it's going to be slightly different. Um, people's boundaries are going to shift and, and gonna, they're going to change a little bit. So it's, it's definitely coming. We are super early. It's like, you know, we're, oh, it's, it's the edge of it, but, Microsoft buying Activision yesterday for $68 billion tells you this is real. This is happening. Facebook changing their name to Meta. This is happening. Meta. There's no question. So, so, so get on board. Nope. Now, NFTs, yeah. the, the whole domain, that's crazy. You know what's interesting yeah. about NFTs? My belief is this. It's like, look, at the end of the day, it's all about someone's willingness to pay. And so if you create, <laughs> enough, dem if you create enough demand for something, whether that's real or false, Someone's going to nope. pay for it. And if they're willing to pay for it, then there you go. There's the value of it. Well, what struck me, I'm actually taking a course on NFTs right now, which is blowing my mind. And and he compared it. 
where where and I, I crossed this bridge a long time ago because I first I was like, this is dumb, right? But I've been following, you know, I follow Gary V a ton and I watched his launch of his NFT thing and I've started to make sense to me. And it's like, you know, I have I have a Michael Jordan rookie card, right? So it's a it's an actual physical card. It's a Michael Jordan rookie, That's it's awesome. in mint condition, it's probably worth, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is. But Doug, you've never been to my house, right? You've never been to my physical house. So I can't show you that, right? So people say, well, it's a physical thing, but it's this digital thing and who cares? Well, guess what? Or the Mona Lisa, for instance, right? The Mona Lisa, there's one Mona Lisa and people, the the Louvre, like 80% of the people that go to the Louvre are going for to see that thing. They need to have that experience, yeah. Now I had the Mona Lisa picture poster in my fucking college dorm room, right? So you look at it and you're like, well, what the fuck? Like I got the Mona Lisa there. It actually looks better here than it does in person. I don't know if you've ever seen the Mona Lisa in person. It looks like shit. It's like, you know, it's tiny and it's yeah. between like eight, you know, inches of glass. <laughs> and, but but you think about that in the metaverse, or you think about that in NFTs. Now you come over to my virtual house and I can show yeah. you all my shit. And yeah, it's all it about scarcity, right? So you just have to make this mental shift to understand that the world of, you know, ready player one is, is going to happen whether we like it or not. Now, how do we, how do we address that? Is the both the physical and the virtual world? That's what I'm super curious about is like virtual augmentation, not virtual reality, right? Which is where I don't, I mean, you've seen the Apple glasses that have come out now, Yeah. right? Have you seen those things? Yeah. I haven't actually worn them. I just, to, to your point about Oculus, I just got one up for Christmas. And I put it on nice. and I was like, <laughs> I remember reaching out to him like, dude, what games can we play together? Because this is pretty cool. Right, yeah, I'm, not exactly. gonna, I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie, this is pretty cool. Now, is this how I no. want to do business? Not exactly, because the headset's kind of big and awkward and funky. And you right. know, when the headsets get a little bit better, I think, you know, it's it's definitely gonna be a it's it's definitely gonna be more a part of our everyday norm. To be honest, you yeah. know, let, let's this virtual world, to be to be totally honest, this is something that I know is yeah been we've tried this for years now but i I feel like over the next year or two this is going to happen but we're going to be able to start to send out headsets to our sales teams so that we can actually train them in simulations real life simulations you know someone's going to walk in it's going to be a computer program and they're going to they're going to act as if they are a prospect or a customer and you're going to have that experience without actually having to get on a plane and go meet with that go meet with a physical customer so that when you get in on your zoom call and you're having a conversation with yeah. a customer, you can recreate that. In fact, I just met a company um, called Zenerate. Now they do this for customer support, but it is a yeah. simulation where the AI actually talks to you. And I saw it and I was like, yeah. wait, what did she just say? And did you program that? And they said, well, you know, it all look, all AI mo- models have to be taught, right? So they, they yeah. and then they learn and they get smarter and they better and yeah. they get better. And so you create a scenario, you teach the AI that scenario, and then it just learns. It's it's cool and creepy at the same time. <laughs> so throw a headset yeah, on I, with this virtual yeah. person, and next thing you know, you know, and and so you know, I think from a training perspective, that's that's hap- that's coming, no question. What's up, everybody? I know you're enjoying this conversation. John does a great job with genuine curiosity on these episodes, and our guests consistently bring the heat. We want to take a moment here and let you know that you've got an opportunity, an opportunity to become better than you were yesterday. And you can do so by gaining access to all of JB Sales content. All of their training tips, techniques, tactics, and takeaways can be yours for $1 a day. $365 for the year gets you annual access to everything, including our private Slack channel for members only, which you get access to all of us directly 100% of the time, 24 hours a day. And then at the same time, you're going to get 
get access to our bi-weekly Ask Me Anything sessions where you can bring real deals to the table and get the help that you need where you need it. This is very, very important. Sales reps that invest in themselves are often found at the tops of their leaderboards. Join us today and get the help you need to become the seller that you deserve to be. That URL, one more time, is joinjbsales.com. Let's get back to the show with JB and our guest for this week. So I guess what skills from your perspective with with this shift remote, with this you know, the customer, you know, the customer experience being everything, um, you know, all these different macro things, you know, product led growth. We've all talked about this on our previous yeah, podcast. Totally. Like, what do you think the skills um, that rep or, you know, younger kids coming into the, to the environment are, are, should be focused on at this point? Should it be the interpersonal skills? Should it be the, the technical skills of be able to use all this stuff? I mean, all of the above, obviously, oh, yeah. but if there was a, if there was one that you would pick, um, what skills do you think are going to be more important moving forward than they are now, for instance? Well, it feels like to me, look, I'm always going to go back to the interpersonal, the technical, yes, it matters. Some people just have an affinity towards technology and others don't. But the one thing that is, is shifting, and I was having this conversation just yesterday, in fact, and the buyer journey hasn't changed that much. Selling, by the way, hasn't really changed that much. If you think about, you know, <laughs> the snake oil salesman is our buddy Todd Capone yep. likes to talk about and what they were going through to today. It hasn't really changed that much. The thing that's changed is when I get a hold of you, John, and you finally respond, whether that's in the virtual world or whether I run into you in an airport or whether you pick up yep. the cell phone because I, I get your cell phone number, I have to be on. I have yeah. one shot. And I'm thinking of an Eminem yep. song now. You better lose yourself or you're in the moment, yep. whatever you're right. Because I got one yep. shot. That's my hype song for training, <laughs> by the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best song ever. Um, or one yep. of the top 10 at least, right? But but like I got yep. one shot, so I've got to be on my game. And so, yeah. you know, you, you can't, you don't get a whole lot of opportunities because there's just not enough time. And, well, and also, and this is you know, given how much work we've done as buyers to, to you know, leading yep. up to this, like yep. you got you to gotta know, I, I know my stuff. Right. I, I likely as a buyer have a very prepared mind. So you mm -hmm. as a seller have to be even more prepared than you ever were before. And this is why I'm more convinced than ever that, you know, I, and I actually right before uh, we got on this podcast, I was a sales call with Sophos and, you know, they were asking like, hey, what skills? And, and my comment was business acumen. Right. Yes. Because Amen. the. The, and this is why I think it's accelerating the um, shift of predictable revenue because we've talked about this before where, you know, predictable revenue model of taking inbound kids, you know, 22 years old, taking inbounds and then making them make cold calls just to set up meetings and then going to AE, SMB, mid-market enterprise. That is fantastic from a business growth standpoint. I can scale a sales team pretty, pretty efficiently with cheap resources, grow them up, but that's not customer centric in any way, shape or form. Nobody likes to be handed off 15 times. And COVID proved this because when COVID hit and everything went remote, <clears throat> you know, SDRs, these poor kids, I mean, executives don't want to talk to SDRs in a good economy for crying out loud, but in a <laughs> bad economy to have a kid call you up and give a, a, like a basic bitch pitch and then maybe ask a couple of bant questions and then maybe just maybe they hit the holy fucking grail where you're like, holy shit, I'm kind of interested in what you had to say. And you ask that one layer deep question and then they fall apart and say, I can't do that. Let me bring in an AE. Let me bring in an SE. <laughs> like I have zero tolerance for that. Like if to your point, if you catch me None. 
And if you catch my attention for that brief second, if I don't get value out of that brief second, this conversation is over. Over. This, the, your chances are done. And so I think that's where the, I think the, the, the shift of techniques and all this other stuff, that's fine. That's just to get the conversation. But once you have that undivided attention, man, your business acumen needs to be fucking on point on to be able to have, to, to be able to get me to stop and think for two seconds and go, huh? I haven't thought about it that way, or that's yeah. a good question. Why did you ask that? And I'm going to go deeper on this. And you better give me that information right now, because otherwise I ain't giving you a second chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and, and look, to be honest, the expectation is a lot higher because look, you're, you're at home, right? You're working remotely yep. wherever you may be. That gives you more time and freedom and space to actually do your homework, to be prepared, right. to come prepared to the conversation. Not like, you know, I, I, I tell you what, I, I find, I'm responding more and more to outreach. And what I'm noticing is it hasn't changed. And that's what, that's what makes me sad, right? The tactics yeah. and the techniques that people were using two years ago, they're still using them today. And it's, and it's like, dude, yeah. are you serious? You still haven't done right. your homework. It's still not relevant. You're not bringing any, any value to this conversation quickly right out of the gate. And it's like, what are you doing? What, how how yeah. are you using this time working from home now or working remotely? to to get yeah. better and and to your point i'd say you know business acumen it's funny because that's all, was all my focus for our companies last year is look you have to understand yeah. how to come to every conversation with a prepared mind and a point of view and a hypothesis about about their business about their role and about their current state and their environment and why they would ever want to change and if you don't have that you are wasting my time as a buyer yeah that's, I mean, time is the most valuable asset any of us have, obviously, 100%. we can't get back. And so if you're going to waste my time, this is what, I mean, to, to your point of like the same tactics, right? I mean, still to this day, I, you know, I rip on demos like you read about because every fucking one of them is the same thing. They start with the three slides of like our company <laughs> background, our history, our client <laughs> list and our rewards. And, and I, and wow. I just, and I, I mean, anybody, and look, I got the marketing background, so I get it. And I, but I just ask them, I go, let's just put a couple of data points together here. What's the number one thing that everybody loves talking about themselves, right? Nobody gives a shit about us. So, and what's the most valuable asset any of us have? Time. time. So you're telling me that you're going to take my time, my most valuable asset in the first 10, 15 minutes of the goddamn conversation. You're going to talk all about you. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like you better be, you better be the, the influencer of all influencers. Yeah. That is like the challenger sale dream job, you know, where you are just, <laughs> I, then I'll listen to you. But if you're some 22, 25 year old kid, make it like, boo, like, I don't want to listen to this shit. I yeah. want to have a conversation. And I think that's the, that's the the zone I'm living in here, which I, and I'd love to get your perspective is that I've, I've really honed in on this, which is there's two thresholds, right? One is the give a shit factor. Like I can't get you to give a shit. Okay. So, but once you give a shit and once you care about your profession, about growth, about that type of stuff, then it's about using tactics and techniques to get to a conversation and elevate yourself to eventually to the point where you'll be conscious, uh, unconsciously competent in what you do. Like you and I, in a lot of ways, I, I train this stuff six ways to Sunday, right? I don't use a lot of the techniques that I train anymore because they're just internalized for me at this point. I'm unconsciously competent with my conversations. I can, I can have a mental agenda of how I want to see this conversation go and then know what my outcomes are going to be. But totally. that middle zone of the kids who are getting into it, they need these tactics to, to get them to a point where they can have a conversation. And so I guess, you know, 
from your standpoint, like what are some of the things that, that can accelerate that, that middle zone? I can't accelerate the give a shit factor. Right. And I think that's no. what leadership needs to do to, to figure out how to get the reps to care or hire yeah. the reps that care. Right. Yeah, and that's totally. what I think a big shift in the, in the value of, you know, when you took to about your core values, right? Like once you align those, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. But where do you see that journey breaking down or where are some of the ways that we can accelerate that? Wow. Um, that was a lot in that question because I've I been know. to four, <laughs> four things that just popped into my head and I'm like, shit, where do I go with this? Um, the first thing is like, look, the give a shit factor. I think one of the things that we do when we're interviewing for candidates is we have to try and figure out how do we know their, how much they care about this problem, mm-hmm. about our customers, about winning, about, you know, really, re, you know, succeeding. How do, how do we test for give a shit factor. And I love that, by the way, yeah. for everybody listening, put that in your damn interview process. What is the give, give a shit factor, right? Um, you know, I, you know, Mark Robert and, and I have been talking about this for, for ages, largely driven by him, but there's, you know, coachability, there's emotional intelligence, there's salesmanship, there's work ethic, right? There's, you know, like the core characteristics that you look for. I think the give a shit factor is in one of those, what I call intangibles and, and largely yeah. Uh, you know, the way in which I test for that is if I'm interviewing somebody and they show up to the call and they are not prepared, right? Yeah. Meaning they haven't, they don't have great questions to ask me. They haven't done their homework. They don't have great answers, right? They're not on time. Unlike me, I was late to our call. I apologize. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, I've got some history. So you know, I give a shit. But at the end of the yeah, day, like, we're good, yeah. <laughs> we've got to test the give a shit factor first and foremost. So we can't take that for granted because yeah. right now, you know, all the, you know, every employee out there is like, oh, I can jump ship and go get a new job and make 300,000 more. And at the end of the day, it's like, not if you don't give a shit, not if you're just jumping around from job to job to job. So leaders, make sure that you, you incorporate that as part of your process when you're evaluating people to hire. So that's the first thing, because you can't, you know, either you care or you don't care. I'd say, you know, the, the middle factor is we have to create experiences where we can test for that. Because to be honest, you know, once someone gives a shit, then we have to give them the the tools and the skills to actually do something with that emotion, with that energy. And and mm-hmm. you know, I think I think the biggest challenge right now, the world of sales enablement, is like, well, how do I do this? Because you know, like to you, I I can't bring John Barrows into a classroom anymore right now, at least not right now. And mm-hmm. and so, how do I create that energy in that environment where people are going to learn in that you know to 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 show up to a conversation with I, having done their homework, their research, and they're prepared, and they've got a prepared mind. You know, at the end of the day, you can always say, "Well, look, you know, I'll look at the numbers, and then we're going to work backwards." But those are all lagging indicators, right? That's after the fact. Right. And so, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, we have got to create a situation where everybody knows how to prepare. Everybody, mm-hmm. so we're we're focused on, to your point, business acumen. We're focused on how to set them up for success in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and if, you know, the, the other thing that you're talking about there is, you know, great leaders, you know, the reason why CEOs and great leaders that we all know in our world um, are so effective is because they come to the conversation, they don't talk about themselves. They already know they're great. Yeah. They're like, right. they care so much about you, the customer or the prospect. And you can see it if you've ever sat in, if you ever get the opportunity to sit in. And by the way, hey, CEOs out there that happen to be listening to this, do this record yourself running a meeting with a big prospect or customer and share that with your go-to-market teams because that's how yeah. they learn what leadership is about. And that's how they learn yeah. 
you know, how to show up prepared for a conversation. Now, mind you, as a CEO or founder, you can get away with a lot more because you're because yeah. you have a you have you have an automatic amount of credibility, if you will, that a salesperson doesn't, especially in SDR. However, how someone holds themselves the, themselves, how they treat their prospect with respect and and mm. and and how they show up to the conversation with a point of view about the prospect's business and how that conversation happens, that needs to be, that right there is what needs to be modeled and molded for our, our, our teams. And to me, that's leadership, that's real leadership. And that's one of the issues that we have in, in a lot of these companies, by the way, is we have too many leaders out there that are still managers. They haven't yeah. learned how to become a yeah. leader they're a manager. And so they're managing to the numbers and the activities and the business. And they're not, they don't know how to make that shift from manager to leader. And, the, and it's, and it, that's not an easy shift to make either. You know what oh, I mean? No. And I think any leader has to know like those three pillars of coaching, managing, and leadership. That's, those aren't easy to master any one of them as an individual thing, but it, but true leaders need to master all of them. They need to be yes. good coaches, right? So they can teach people how to do certain things. They need to be good, good managers so they can know how to the numbers and, and, and that, but then leaders to get people inspired to, to want to do better. Right. And yeah. I've always looked at leadership as, you know, like it's getting to people to do more than what their job description is, you know, and, and, and giving them a vision. So they feel something bigger part of the, than bigger than themselves. Right. Yep. Cause if you don't, if I don't believe in a vision, then I'm just going to do my job. But if I believe in a bit vision, I'll fucking bend over backwards and do 10 times more than my job to help achieve that. If I know I fit into this and I got somebody I can follow to be there. hundred percent. It's, it's a sense of purpose. It's like, why are we yeah. here? Why are we doing this? No, oh, by the way, as a sales leader, you need to have a sense of purpose for your own sales team. It's like the sales, yeah. the sales culture is equally as important as the company culture. And, and you yeah. got to realize that they're, they're different, but they're also the same. But as a sales leader, you yeah. also need to create, or a CS leader, you also need to have a, create a sense of purpose for your own team. You know, it's interesting, you know, I look at, um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite leaders is Kyle Porter at SalesLoft. Yeah, and the interesting absolutely. thing is, you know, which who, you, you and I both know really well. And the interesting thing that, that I've seen is, you know, SalesLofters don't often leave SalesLoft. They don't typically, right. they're not, the t and, and because I've been involved in the business for a long, long time, yeah. they don't yeah. jump ship very often to another job where they're going to make, you know, 50 grand more. They, that was never their ethos when they left. It was usually like, hey, it was time. Like I, I right. felt like I had maxed out my potential and it was time for me to go. And it's largely because Kyle and his leadership team created a culture and an environment with a sense of purpose. Yeah. Creating 100%. the best experience I mean, I for a customer. And it was like, we can all get behind that. And guess what? People would run through walls for Kyle and the leadership team. And, and by the way, forgive more mistakes too. You know, it's like if they make a mistake or if they don't, you know, they get the comp plans wrong or screw up territories or something happens, the teams are always more forgiving. 
And I think that, I mean, I've always said that, it, you know, I've never worked for anybody else because I'm a pain in the ass. But, you know, <laughs> if there was one company, it, it would have been sales loft because of the culture that they had built. And I think this goes back to kind of where we started, which was the values piece of this. I think if there's yeah. one thing that I would recommend to any leader out there right now and rep too, by the way, is to go through that core value exercise of, Amen. you know, and I think I, I was introduced to it in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich that I got to read again. But it was like somewhere in there, it talked about identifying your core values. Yep. And I did that early in my career and, and it gave me a roadmap because it was, it allowed me once I actually documented 12 personal guidelines to success. And what I started to do was marry up every relationship and opportunity to those values. And if yep. they shared those values, then I went for it. And guess what? It was fantastic because my reps knew or my teammates knew that I was coming. From, this is where I was coming from. So to yeah. your point, if I yeah. fucked something up or if I did something wrong or whatever it was, it was never malice. It was all, I, I made a mistake, but my core values were still there. And so I got a lot of leeway to do certain things that probably most people wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, I mean, values. So you as an individual need to understand what your core values are, because by the way, that's how you make decisions. And when you make a decision that's not in line with your core values, that creates dissonance in you and it gets uncomfortable. So by the way, if you happen to join a company where you know your core values and they don't know theirs and you feel you're feeling some tension there, guess what? A great exercise to recommend is like, Hey, as an organization, what are our core values? As an organization, meaning like the sales team or the SDR team. And oh, by the way, as a broader organization, a company, what are your core values? We do this mission, vision, values exercise with all of our early stage founders. And it's largely to get them focused on who they are and what's their sense of purpose. Why do people want to join your organization? And what are they, what's your stake in the ground? What do you stand for? And if that doesn't exist, then guess what's going to happen? People are going to leave because they're not connected to something. And I tell you right now, they have to feel that sense of connection to something greater than themselves because they don't have the physical environment to go to have that experience of sharing the energy of like, yes, we're all in this together. So we gotta create it virtually. Well, guess what? It starts with making sure that you're really, really clear about your values and what you stand for as a company and then as an organization and as an individual. And if all that aligns up, then you're right. People will run through walls. And, you know, they're going to work extra hard, even though they're working from home and they're not going to take advantage of the situation, which I know there are a lot of leaders out there that are worried, like, oh, my reps working remotely are all taking advantage. They're not working, blah, blah, blah. And so they go back to becoming a manager and getting into the details and the weeds. And, you know, it it just creates a toxic environment versus a healthy environment that we know that we want to create. Yeah. And that trust factor too, right? Like once I have those, once I know you and I share values, I trust you to get your job done. I trust you. I mean, I, I tell my team all the time, like, you, like, I don't care what happens. If I get, you know, if a customer comes back and is pissed off about something, or if a partner is pissed off about something, if I can look back and say that you stayed true to our core values, I will defend you to the fucking nines. But if you break those core values, like I'm going to come down hard on you because you broke something that I fundamentally believe we we should all yeah. share, right? And so, like, if you screw over a customer, if you talk, you know, that type of stuff, then we're going to have an issue about this, right? Totally. But if you just stood up for yourself because a customer was pushing back on you and it didn't fit our core values and they decided to want their money back or anything like that, okay, no problem. Here's your money back. I don't want to work yeah. with you anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> totally. Yesterday, well, we were talking um, uh, on LinkedIn about this notion of, like, you know, sales leaders and comp and all this stuff. And one of the things that I, I commented on was like, look, I think as leaders, we need to all adopt the mentality of like hire slow, 
fire fast. Yeah. And to your point, yes. if somebody is doing something, if their behaviors are not in line with our, as an organization, core values, then guess what? Mm-hmm. It's likely not going to work. So nope. don't, don't waste your time. Like there's just a, there's a value, there's a, there, there's a value issue, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But you can't have that conversation if you don't know what your values are, if you haven't gone through that exercise. And that's like, for me, you know, like the fastest way to get fired is lie. Right. Yeah. Like if, if I catch you lying, there's, there's not going to be a pip. There's not going to be a fucking transition here. If I catch you in a hard lie, right. I'm sorry, you're done. You know, it's cause I remember, like, I remember my dad when I was growing up, that was the one thing. My dad let me do anything I wanted to do. Literally like all my friends were like, Jesus Christ, your dad lets you stay until what out. And it was because my dad, all he cared about was me being honest with him. He was like, if you're out drunk and you don't, you know, and, and you don't want to drive home and you call me up at two o'clock in the morning and say, dad, I'm drunk. I'm not coming home tonight. I will be upset, but I will be far happier with you than if you lie to me or tell me something. And, and the times that I did break that, I mean, it was, it was months before I could earn that back and I felt it, you know, and, and it's the same. So for me, I, that like core value is lying. Right. And that's the going to your point of f- firing fast. It's okay. It, you immediately broke that value. And so this isn't a debate anymore at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. I think by the way, it also goes to one of the things that I'm hearing more and more about right, right now in organizations, and I'm also recommending it more and more is to go out and do an Enneagram test as an organization or do Myers-Briggs or do, oh, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. A, do a personal assessment for a couple for a number of reasons. Number one, because we're not all together. And so we're still learning about one another. And this is a great way to learn about how people operate, how they show up in the world and how they communicate, right? Enneagram, are you a three? Are you an eight? Are you a seven? The more I know and I understand that, the more I know what you appreciate in communication and what works for you in terms of communication, right? We, it's almost yeah. like, getting back to and, and by we used to do this you know 20 years ago where we all get kumbaya on and sit in a room and even though we're like in suits we're all kind of going through this exercise we all thought it was maybe a little a little woohoo a little weird but the reality yeah. is, is today it's so much more important for your organization to do that kind of work because you need to understand ways in which to better communicate and engage with each other because at the end of it you know we're because we're not together in a room right at least not not for right now and even when you do get back together in the room and I know when we were at Boxer, and Mia team did this, you know, red, green, blue, yellow exercise, what have you. And your dominant color, you would put it as like a box or like a little cube. And you put it on top of your, your, your cubicle that you were sitting in. And so people knew walking up like, oh, yeah, I'm walking up and you're, this person's a red. So that means they're like okay. all business. They need their numbers driven. They're data driven. They're like, so when I go into this conversation, I'm not going to sit here and shoot the shit for the first five minutes. I'm going to come yeah. into my, I'm going to come into your cube. I'm going to walk up to you and I'm like, I'm going to give it to you. I'm gonna like, here's what's up. Here's yep. what I want to talk about. Here's what I want to get through. And then afterwards we can shoot the shit. I'll, I'll tell you, that's my cheat code. Um, it, it, and I, it's, th- this is why I'm, I'm still curious why crystal nose hasn't been bought. By, I, um, I know, like, right. I, I know, blowing I my know. Mind. Because know. it's my number one cheat code because <laughs> crystal knows for those of you who don't know, it's a disc profile, but it, it, it automatically does it based on your LinkedIn profile. And so what I do is I am like, before I meet with anybody, I put their name into crystal nose and I see, are they a high DNI and SSC or whatever it is. And really just the basics of it is I'm just looking, are you and are you and I the same, right? Are, Cause I'm a high D obviously. And, and so, so are, if you and I are high D's, fuck it, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to yes. go at this conversation. Yes. But if you're a high I or a high S or a high C, 
I need to take a step back here because I might run over you. And to your point, going back to the limited amount of time that we have to make an impression on somebody, if I'm a high D and I'm coming after a high C and I'm like straight to the fucking point and blah, 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 you're going to be like, dude, fuck off. Like I'm immediately going to turn you off and you're not even going to listen to the value that I'm trying to bring to the table. So that personality of being able to read that. And I think the cool news is, is that there's tools like crystal knows right now that are helping us with that. Yeah. And so it's a little bit of a cheat code, but it doesn't replace the, how I engage with you. It just gives me a, 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 a kind of like a, Hey, this is how you should approach somebody. Now take that into account when you have this conversation and it breaks down that barrier to develop that relationship a lot faster than what we used to be able to do is walk into somebody's office and look around and say, Oh, yeah. you're fishing. You know, that type of bullshit, right? <laughs> totally, totally. Which, might, which is funny too, which is goes back to the old school selling tactics, which is like, Oh, building rapport, look around their office and look at, right. look for things to connect and engage with. By the way, people today have been like, look at their LinkedIn profile and find things to engage them with and use that as a reason yeah. to reach out. It's like, Oh, don't do that. Like, yeah. please don't uh, do that. Uh, yeah. So I see you went to Oregon. Okay, great. Awesome. <laughs> so actually I got a quick idea and then we'll wrap this up, but think about that. I'd love your perspective on this. You know how let, let's flip this around. I used to be able to walk in your office and see, right. But now I'm looking at Doug Landis right now and I see two leather chairs. I, I, I don't see much, you know, or in, yeah. in, in other cases, there's a virtual background that is just a fake thing. So I can't, I can't develop the rapport based on what's in your background. So what I've started to tell reps is think really hard about what's in your background. Your background. Totally. And Give them a reason. Think about this. As, and think about this as a, because, and this, where this struck me was, uh, so Megan, our COO, her husband, he has a huge picture of the dude, right? So, so, you know, the dude from the big Lebowski. So <laughs> yeah. it's right here. So when you log in and you see his zoom, it's right there. Right. And, and there's two reactions. He gets to that. One is the person like, Oh, the fucking dude, I love that movie. And it's like an immediate rapport builder. Right. And the <laughs> yeah. other is no reaction. And if you yeah. don't react to a picture of the dude, like you and I, I know you're a little different than I am, like type of thing. So it gets them to understand <laughs> how to approach that person. So what my thought is, and, and, and if anybody's out there listening, I, I recommend Zoom do this, by the way, use something like a crystal nose yes. and a, another data scrubbing tool to automatically. So I'm about to meet with Doug Landis, right? I'm going to push a button and it's going to scrape Doug's profile all six ways to Sunday in his personality. And then on my background, it's going to auto change stuff in my background that you will relate to. And then if I meet with Kyle Porter next, my background's going to change to 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 relate to Kyle. Like to me, that'd be a fucking brilliant way to to skip the that line a little bit here. Genius. That's genius. By the way, right? what you don't see is if I just move the camera a little bit to the left, what do I have? I have you know, 800 bottles of wine. That's wine. <laughs> yep. So, so most people, when they I don't, you know, when they don't have the blurry background on, that's oftentimes that's what they see. They're like, "Oh, you're a wine person. Okay, all right, right? I get it." However, to, but you're, I think that is, I, by the way, I think that's genius. So, every, anybody listening, whoever wants to build that, build that for us and sell it to Zoom, and you'll be really rich because I think that is brilliant. Because you're right. To the point is, we're often thinking about what are the things that I can see in your background to learn something about right. you and from your profile or Facebook or wherever I do my my stalking. But what if I can make that easier for you? Right. I'm going to put yep. up the Chelsea banner behind me for my favorite football yep. club in the world. I'm going to put up my Oregon Ducks. The Pappies right gonna, here. Yeah, the Pappies you know I mean? right <laughs> behind me, you know, and you got my bottles of wine already. So there you go. You got me in a nutshell. 
sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so, but it, but it, I think it goes back to, you know, there's, there is nothing I think that replaces relationships. And, and I think that 100%. if there was anything that I would point to, to, you know, people out there right now figuring out this virtual world is just manufacture those relationships somehow. You know what I mean? Whether it be popping into Zoom sessions and leaving an open forum so that somebody can come in and just have a conversation or proactively going out to, to you know, just introduce yourself to people to get used to that feeling yeah. again so that if and totally. when it starts to come back a little bit more, it starts to, it's more natural than this awkwardness. But, yeah. you know, yeah. we're in a weird, I've, I've, we're in a weird world, man. This, this year, one of the things I decided is because I felt like I was getting so disconnected from all my friends because my wife and I moved down to LA from San Francisco and I felt like yeah. I was get, getting so disconnected. So like every day I just try and reach out to one of my friends every day. Yeah. And that's it. Even if it's just yep. a text message, like, Hey, what's going on? Because yeah. what I'm doing is I'm, I, I realized I was taking all my relationships for granted because when I was in yep. San Francisco, I could be like, Hey, what do you know? Let's go grab a beer. I could be there in 30 yeah. minutes. Since I'm not, I'm like, oof, I actually have to be more proactive. Otherwise I'm going to end up isolating myself. And then I'm going to go on a, you know, a tailspin and be like, ah, you know, it's going to trigger all my, all my own, you know, insecurities and depression. I'm like all by myself. And, and, you know, so I'm like, well, shit, that's on me. What if every day I just reach yeah. out to somebody just to, just to check in and, and well, never check in as Jay Barrows. Yeah, no, but, um, but I think you can check. No, I think with friends you can check yes, in. Yes, personally, you can check in. I, think I, know, absolutely. I, was, just, I was just making a joke, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, you know, I get so much more fulfillment from their reaction and their response. They're like, oh my gosh, so great to hear from you. Even if just that's the, that's the exchange. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so back to, we were talking about values. It's also thinking about like, what's, what does fulfillment mean to you? What, what fulfills you? What brings you yeah. that, that joy? And, and, you know, and if it's not working at the current company, then but, but by all means, go find something else, you know, they, but, but, you know, but do it with for the right reason, not because someone's going to offer you. I was I was listening to somebody say the other day, like, oh yeah, the rep two years of sales experience is making two fifty OTE, and I was like, what? What? But but that's I mean that's okay. that's crazy, yeah. that's crazy, that's not sustainable. It, it, and also, you know, two years experience, two hundred fifty, like good for you. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. did it in your first two years. Where, where's that going to take you next? I I quite honestly, I think that's going to set you up for a lot of. Uh, Heartache. Disappointment, totally, and heartache moving forward. Because if your base is two fifty, if you start at two fifty, and you don't go up from there, which is hard to go up from there. I think the top one percent <laughs> of people in the United States make four hundred thousand dollars a year. The top one percent of people in the United States. So everybody thinks about millionaires and all this other stuff. If you're making two hundred fifty, three hundred G's <laughs> a year. You are fucking in the top five percent at, at yeah. worst, and so thinking, and then and then you're like I said, I think you're setting yourself up for failure because I'm all about getting better and improving, right? I mean, I've always I always say to kids when they get married, right? Make sure today isn't the best day of your relationship, right? Because a lot of people, oh, it's this beautiful thing, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is this this is th tomorrow should be better than today, even though today's your wedding. Because if not, you're gonna it's gonna be hard for you to sustain this. And so, <laughs> yeah. a, you know, starting at a base of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, like <laughs> you're setting yourself up to not be getting better and 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 almost be disappointed. So. 
I agree. I think the value piece and, and, and really just looking at yourself of what makes you happy, man. Like, I, I think happiness is the ultimate goal of success. Like when people say success, when I told Charlotte this, you know, whenever anybody asks you, what do you want to be when you grow up? The answer is happy. Happy. Period. period. That's period. it. And, and to be honest, so figure out you know, that, yeah, exactly. Figure out what that looks like. And by the way, don't ever stop thinking about that. Don't ever stop taking a look at that because you get comfortable. And the next thing you know, you're like, wait, wait, how did, how did I get here? Like the old talking head song. Um, yeah, now I'm yeah. really dating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, my friend, let's let's wrap this one up. Like you said, like we can always talk about for this shit for hours. And and I know uh, I know Kim's uh, reaching out to Lisa to, to try to schedule some time for us oh, to yeah. actually go on a trip together. That would oh, yeah. fucking well, love. So let's try to make that uh, one happen. We man, need to, yeah, we need to find it. We're, yeah, to 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 this audience here, you're going to see photos of John and I sitting on a tropical beach sometime this year because we uh, yes yeah because we care. <laughs> absolutely absolutely man well look uh, i'm looking forward like to i it. said you know i wanted to i wanted to start off this year and kind of i'm redoing the brand i'm redoing the podcast and i and i really just want to focus on people that i genuinely appreciate and 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 give me energy as opposed to suck it away and you're on the top of that list doug so Amen. again as always brother thanks for thanks for coming on and thanks for being part of uh part of my world here man amen right back at you my man love you brother and uh for Everybody love you too, man. And everybody out there listening, uh, you know, Doug nailed it. Um, but I say this every time and I'm still going to say this every time at the end of every fucking podcast, which is no matter how shitty your day is, go out there and make somebody smile today. Because if you make somebody smile today, I don't care how bad your day is, you had a good day and the world needs a lot more of that. So like Doug said, go text somebody today. Just say hi, make a phone call. Somebody you haven't talked to in a little while. All right. All right, brother. We'll talk all to right, you brother. soon. Man. Okay. Peace. Thank you so much for your time today and listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I do. With your support and our incredible guests, we're one of the top sales podcasts in the industry with over a million downloads, and I can't thank you enough. To keep the momentum going, if you could go to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star review, I would greatly appreciate it. In return, I will answer any question that you have on Instagram. Hit me up there at John M as in Michael Barrows with a video question or a DM and I will get right back to you, I promise. And last but not least, if you're looking for training, I'm adjusting my training approach this year and I'm actually gonna be delivering training to the masses. I'll be delivering live training the first and second week of every single month with our two marquee courses, filling the funnel and driving a close to anybody who wants to join. And it includes membership in our on-demand platform with weekly AMAs. So you can go to jbarrows.com open to check out the details. Thanks again and have a great day.